Guess where we are? In the dark. We're in the dark, finally. We're doing the podcast <laughs> at, at nighttime again. And uh, for those of you that are listening, this is Oddity Files, the, the podcast. podcast. I'm Kitsy Duncan. And I'm Clayton Abbott. Psych. Just kidding. Reverse that. Solar flares. <laughs> we are a paranormal podcast with a snarky attitude. We tell creepy stories, but kind of make them fun and funny. Yeah. Is I that a good that way to accurate. describe us? You know. Yeah. So uh, I'm checking it out. I made a, a write-on wipe-off board of things we should cover during the podcast. And, and it's I, great. I can see and it I perfectly. Can see it. Look, we're a real podcast, people. We have a dry erase board in our studio. We tell stories. And, and I know, I have a feeling we might get a few new listeners this week because we have a special guest. We have a very special guest. Yes, my brother from another mother, Norman Reedus. We've known Norman for a hot minute. Yes. He is literally the big brother I always wanted. And I finally got the the balls to ask him to tell me his paranormal story. But first, what's going on in your world, Clayton? Well, work's been busy, but it's been good. Um, our house is finally warming up, but it's also warming up outside. So, Did you have to have the house um, exercised or whatever they call that with the Catholic Church uh, to take the... The ghosts away? No, it just got warmer, and we oh, had people completely come and redo the outside of the house. So, oh. if you haven't gone back and listened to a few episodes, there was a point in time where my house was literally below freezing; that the things in the cabinets were actually frozen, and um, it's been a lot. But um, yeah, it's it's on the up and up. Yay! Well, that's good. I um, anything spooky though? No, actually. Oh, I've got. Well, a- yeah. Not me personally, but one of my best friends, she was like, she texted me, of course, and was like, hey, I've been w- feeling these really weird things around my house. And she has like a six month old. And she said, I mainly feel them when I'm around her room, which oh. like for a first time mother or any mother, that's terrifying. And she's yeah. like, I've never had these feelings um, anywhere like my entire life. And I just I just feel like there's something there that her closet door, she always makes sure it's um, it's closed. Mm hmm. But then she'll come in at some point in the day and it'll be slightly cracked. Ooh. And I'm like, are you sure like you're checking it that it's latched? Yeah. I'm just trying to, you know, debunk anything I possibly can. And then I'm also like, or she says that she feels, it doesn't feel negative or anything. But when she's leaning over her daughter's crib, mm-hmm. that she just swears someone's like leaning with her, like looking. Oh, like, it's probably over the shoulder. baby's guardian angel. It could be. That's true. Yeah. Um, but she was like, again, I, I don't get any negative vibes from this. I just, like, what do you think? And she said that they do hear knocking around the house. It's clearly not house settling. It's yeah. like a knock. Um, but the house is about 100 years old. That was just recently, like when the past year and a half, completely redone. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, That knows? could have stirred something up. Plus, a new mother, her, like, senses are heightened around that baby. Yeah. You know, I mean, you're overprotective. Mama bear kicks in. And if something feels off, it's going to feel a little more off than. And this is her first child? Yes. Yeah. 
Absolutely. So I wonder if it's just a family member that's in checking in on the baby with her. And especially if she doesn't feel anything negative. Yeah. She says like she's not afraid or anything. She's just caught off guard a lot because she's she really feels something. Yeah. Oh, we know. But <laughs> she just doesn't know what it is. I'm like story of my life. Yeah, exactly. But that's why we do what we do. We love it. So I've had something going on around my house where I... I Look at the floor, look at an area, turn around, look back, and there's a bobby pin there. Right. Yes. I actually posted about it on social. So um, I have this friend who's a witch, and she looked it up, and it it could be a curse for somebody's – not a curse, a spell, a binding spell over Chris. Like some woman put a spell on me to get to Chris. And first of all, I'm like, well, some of the girls at some of these shows are a little crazy. <laughs> but where the what? So where where did the bobby pin come from? So the bobby pins, um, Maddie, I guess wears bobby pins right. a lot, yeah, yeah, yeah. so it could be Maddie. Um, and I never wear bobby pins. No, though. but in the the theory. Oh, the this spell is supposed when it's been cast, it moves bobby pins around your house. Oh. Yeah. It's good to know witches. I'm just putting that out there. So she wrote a spell for me that and she gave me what? Really specific instructions. And I did it. And you know that fucking funk I've had for three months? It's gone. What? No yes. way. And it this spell that she had me do wasn't specifically for that spell. It could have been any spell that any witch put on anything that has to do with me or my family or anything like that. But I just feel lighter. Whoa. I I can think straight again. So I'm a little freaked out. Do I know this person? Yes. Okay. Um and I'll tell you later. Yeah, but sure. I, I don't want to yeah, out yeah. somebody. That out I don't know if she wants to be outed. Preach. But she just messaged me out of the blue. She's like, so your bobby pin situation, here's what I think. Whoa. Yes. But I, I can't tell you the story now. We'll maybe save it yeah, for yeah, another sure. one once I, I get clearance from her. But it turned into finding out that she had a spell put on her. And she's going through some really tragic shit right now. She's got... Friends that relatives are gypsies that are calling the friend out of the blue saying your friend has this witch after her right now. So I'm hoping I can get our friend to tell let us tell the entire story yeah, or even on the show. Get get her on the show. Oh you know? for sure. Let's for call sure. and you know. Yeah. That so, is crazy. Yeah, I want to know so much more about Wicca and yeah. Because there's good witches. There is. And it's about energy and intentions and like voodoo. Like when we talk to the voodoo lady here yep. in Bloomington, it's it's just a different religion is all it is. So um, you know how I said like work's been busy, whatever. So I was sitting at home um, and like, you know, I don't really drink coffee. I might every now and then, but we have a... Uh, not <laughs> Keurig. Thank you. We have a Keurig that in the corner of our kitchen so i was sitting you've in the got room. my spell now i you can't have the spell <laughs> i just kept wanting to say a brita um but it our kitchen our living room like one big area so i'm sitting there working and i've been in the living room working for for a while i would say like a couple hours and all of a sudden the keurig turns on and starts like you know that sound when it's heating up yeah 
And I literally looked up from my computer and I was like, not right now. <laughs> I literally looked at the, the Keurig and I was like, I don't have time for this. Or no, I said, I'm not in the mood for this. That's what I said. I said, I'm just not in the mood for this. We're at that point in our lives. Seriously. Like, as long <laughs> it's as like, it's not throwing like steaming hot water at me. Yeah. Just, it's not time for coffee, ghost. Whoever no. you are, just turn it the fuck off. But I was like, what would, like there wasn't a blip in the power or anything. Why did that, why did it just turn on out of the blue? It's not on a timer. Nothing. That's kind of freaking me out. Yeah, well. Well, you it, just don't it have went next door and tried the neighbor after me. They're, like, They're just not. <laughs> they got a full on latte over there. <laughs> oh, again, you're listening to Oddity Files. I want you guys to check out our social sites. It's at Oddity Files on Instagram and Twitter. We're on Amazon Prime. We have six episodes up there right now. Still working on getting six more up for you guys. But definitely add us to your watch list. And once those new episodes are up, you guys will know as soon as we do. Also, I need you to pretty please, with sugar on top, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, rate, review, and subscribe. It really helps us get more listeners. So please, I'll and give you a hug. And get better guests. Like when, <laughs> when we're trying to convince people to come on the show, they're like, okay, well, like how many people have, have listened or reviewed or what are your ratings like? If you guys give us good ratings, we can get better guests. Yes. We're already an award-winning podcast. We are an award-winning podcast. Thanks, kind of nerdy girls. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, So I have a quick, super quick uh, paranormal in the news story. Ooh, let's hear it. So apparently the legendary Loch Ness Monster is making waves once again after the beloved cryptic was spotted in two different occasions over the course of just five days. Whoa. I think Nessie's back. So, yeah, we all know where Loch Ness is. We all know what Nessie is. And uh, actually, real quick, I didn't know exactly where Loch Ness was. I know it's in England somewhere, right? Scott, Ireland, Scotland? Scotland. Okay. See, I don't think everyone does know. I was watching the Grand Tour <laughs> and, they, and they did one like, you know how the backdrop's always a place? Oh, yeah, yeah. They were on the Loch. I love that show. I do too. But sorry, I was like, oh, it's in Scotland? Oh. I knew it was in the UK, right? Is that right? Everyone knows where Loch Ness is. I <laughs> just didn't want to read the whole story. Oklahoma so. octopus. Thanks, Coast to Coast, for keeping me up to date with my paranormal stories. Oh, while you guys are listening to this, we're on our way to Horror Hound Cincinnati. For our first... Live podcast. Our first fucking live podcast. And the room, so I didn't realize it's the same room that that we did other like work stuff in. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, oh, that's a small theater. Right. <laughs> so five o'clock in the morning, not last night, yesterday. It, it was yesterday. I woke up with flashbacks of that photo op we did. And I'm like, holy motherfucking fuck balls. That place is huge. It's a big room. So hopefully you're listening to this in the morning. And hopefully you're going to, you know, rent a Sprinter van and fill it with people. Right. And please bring it to our first, very first live podcast. I, I'm scared. I'm excited. Oh, I'm excited. But I'm scared. <laughs> but just think about it. When you're done, you get to meet Meatloaf. I do. I'm so excited. <laughs> and I get to hear the rest of the story I really can't tell you about. Oh. So, yay. <laughs> but yes, it is horrorhoundweekend.com we are actually on the panel schedule we are from 6 to 7 p.m yeah. on friday 
which is today. Today. Look at us. So next episode, you'll hear about how I tragically fell down the stairs to, I don't know, do what? Because I fall Are all they the gonna, time. Are like, introduce us and we have to walk up there and have 12 people clap Jimmy, for us? Jimmy, will you introduce us? Hell yeah, I'll introduce you. <laughs> <laughs> Just like but you know what I mean? I don't know. I have no idea what we're getting into. Do you? Oh, gosh. I no. really don't. I was just like, hey, Trev, I w- can we do this? And he's like, yeah. And we're like, okay, let's tell everybody. I and just, we have no idea what's going on. Please come. Like I said, I just don't want there to be like 12 people there and us feel so Everybody bad in the front row. I know. Like, like can, can you guys, guys spread out? out? <laughs> now yell really loud so it sounds good for the video, for the yeah, episode. Exactly. Gosh. Or we're going to have like their staff come in. Well, they'll all be busy working. Yeah, same with ours. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. It's going to be great. It's going to be wonderful. Right. I can't wait. Even if there are only 12 people there, they will get a big hug and a free selfie. <laughs> Cuz we'll ever charge for selfies. <laughs> they don't know that. Maybe I should print it. Maybe we should uh I should give you the file for the Oddity files. Um promo pick and we can just print those out and hand those out. Oh, we do have four by six cards though we, we can do hand, out. hand out. Cards. Yes. Yes. I'm getting loud. I'm nervous. I'm scared. So I was looking up um, like different types of stories to do that are just a little bit different than the ones that we usually do. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, you know what? I'm going to do dragons. Dragons? Because like at one point they were cryptid. Now it's like more mythology. Right. Right. But like they, people believed have, in them. Yeah. And so I started looking into them. Obviously, they're like all these things in science that say dragons weren't real. Like there weren't fire breathing giant lizards flying around. Wait, Clayton, are you starting your story? No. Oh, okay. Sorry. Continue. <laughs> Why? I was going to say it's Kitsy's turn. But <laughs> no. Okay. All right. Continue. Um, but <laughs> in this, I found that these people found this skull that looks like a, a dragon skull would look like like horns and that shape what? and everything <laughs> um it turned out to be a type of dinosaur also cool but yeah. guess what they named it that i found hilarious oh please tell me the draco rex hogwartsia yeah <laughs> hogwartsia okay they literally named it after- bravo on the pronunciation 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 <laughs> words are hard words are hard <laughs> yeah draco rex draco rex hogwartsia because they're like huge harry potter fans oh. Hogwartsia. I get it now. Draco. Ten Rex. seconds later. Oh, and Hogwarts. it's Draco. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, Jimmy's going to have to edit the fuck out of that whole <laughs> No, I say we leave it in just as it is. But I was like, I was there more goes our new listeners. the Draco Rex than I was the fact that dragons. Were equipped with such your stomach. That's my stomach. Oh my I thought you had an EVP going on over there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's... I think I went first last time. Did I? Yes. Like I just said, it is kids. Because we are leaving that in. <laughs> he just rolled his eyes at I us, did. Jimmy. Don't have time for the Keurig or him. <laughs> so I am here to tell you all about the legend of the black-eyed kids. Oh, I was really hoping it was the peas. Like, like a short history of the black-eyed oh, peas. Be awesome. <laughs> Fergie and, you know, the other guys, because I can only remember Fergie's name. So have you heard of the Black-Eyed Kids? Mm-mm. Oh, they're terrifying. So it's 
we're not sure. I think it might be like a whole creepy pasta thing, like Slender Man, where everything got started on the internet. But I, I have some firsthand stories in here that are kind of insane. Um, so, but first, I'll tell you what the Black Eyed Kids are. They're kids between the ages of six and sixteen. They walk around with no shoes. Um, they're always in like black clothing or really out of date clothing. The primary story um, or first reporting of the Black Eyed Children was in 1996 by Brian Bethel. Bethel? And he was um, actually a reporter as well. So two boys approach him while sitting in his car. They were dressed in all black clothing, no shoes, and were very docile. And most importantly, their eyes were all black. No whites of the eyes at all, just like contact. alone is terrifying. Exactly. They said they were in need of help and needed a ride home. Their um, tone the entire time was very monotone and chill and almost melodic. Um, and Bethel, the guy who these children approached like immediately felt this gut feeling of just something was off and something terrible was going to well, happen. Well, maybe. Their eyes are all black. Well, I, I don't think he saw the, the eyes first off, but as they were approaching the car, he just felt this sense of dread. No. And that's actually a reoccurring thing in all the stories about these things. Um, he, but he still rolled down the window and told them no. Um, and this is where shit gets weird. They became more and more insistent that they needed a ride. They're like, mister, we need a ride. You know, you can kind of picture it in your head um, with no emotion or feeling, just saying over and over again that he needs to let them in the car because they need a ride. Bethel eventually takes off, leaving the kids behind. And after the incident, Bethel posted his story on a paranormal message board online. And he quickly realized he was not alone in having gone through this terrifying experience. What? Which is weird because it's making its debut in, well, I guess the internet was still kind of new in 1996, right? Yeah. Yeah. So maybe that's what it is. I don't know. It's five. Numbers are hard. (laughs) Um, So there's uh, 10 things that most of these stories have in common. Uh, a few things most reporter reportings have in common about the black-eyed children. No. At first, I thought I had 10 things, and then I changed it to a few things. <laughs> so, words are hard. Um, black-eyed kids will look like normal human children between the ages of 6 and 16 with really, really pale skin and completely black eyes. People who've been in close proximity to the black-eyed kids report a feeling of unease that washes over them. While nothing about the children's appearance, aside from the eyes, is genuinely frightening, they still reported feeling this raging form of anxiety to terror at their presence. Uh So just being anywhere near them. Black-eyed kids are also commonly described as wearing dated clothing, or dressing in a manner that is not typical of a normal child of their age. Black-eyed children always ask for something. It is always something that involves being in closed quarters with you. They'll ask you for a ride in your vehicle or to enter your home to use their phone. Theories about the black-eyed children are that they're vampires, aliens, or of demonic origin. Nobody really knows what they are. Um, I've got a couple super creepy firsthand experiences and I found these on thoughtcatalog.com. So the first one is on March 17th, 2008. This is the the reader's Big Taco 123 is 
the reader's, mm. uh, the uh, submitter's name. Come on, big taco. Yeah, right? Um, I had my one and only encounter with a black-eyed kid. Before my experience, I had never heard of anything having to do with the black-eyed kids. I was 12. I was sitting outside of a hairdresser's in a, an old Chevy pickup truck waiting for my mom to get her hair cut. About 15 minutes had passed, and I saw some kid walking back and forth along the sidewalk in front of the parked car. At first, I thought I recognized him as one of my friends from school, so I banged on the front windshield until he looked away. It was not anyone I knew. At this point, I was not scared at all. Not yet. The boy walked over to the side of my car and just stares. I think he let me get a... Wait. I think to let me get a good look in his eyes to freak me out. Let me tell you, if you've never seen a black-eyed kid, you have no idea what to imagine. Pupils black as the night sky. The boy whispers, you must let me in. And then I locked the car doors and ducked down into the space below the seats. She was 12. I'd have done it at 48. <laughs> Five minutes later, he was gone. When his mu- when uh, Big Taco, boy, girl. Let's boy. say she. Boy. Oh. Okay. <laughs> um, when my mother got into the car, she told me a boy with black eyes had come into the hairdressers, <gasps> had insisted for my mother to give him the keys to the car. Oh, my gosh. Right. She refused. Thank God she did. Nuts. I would punt these things. I know. Or just run them over. Yeah. Okay. So let's go on to another story here. Um, the first thing, this is from Hammerhands. I don't know where these were found, but these are the usernames that are attached to these stories. The first thing that should have tipped me off to the particu- to the particularity, say that 10 times fast, of the situation was the fact that someone was knocking at 6 a.m. in the morning on my front door. The second thing that should have dawned on me is that the kid had to reach over a rather tall patio gate to unlatch it to open it. The knock at the door was startling. My wife and I were getting ready for work. Pretty normal routine. The moment I opened the door, I was overtaken with an inexplicable sense of fear. To this day, I can picture the teenager. Average height, average build, knee-length black leather coat, short black hair, and sunglasses. The sunglasses at 6 a.m. struck me as odd, and even more odd, he was eating an apple. He was very polite and asked if he could come in to warm up. I said no, and I closed the door (laughs) and slid the security chain into place. A moment later, another knock. I opened the now chain door, and before I could speak, he asked again if he could come in to warm up. I screamed no and attempted to close the door. Before the door could shut, he put his hand out, stopping the door on its hinges. He looked directly into my eyes, still wearing his sunglasses, and said, can I at least get some ketchup for my apple? I responded, fuck that. I reply, albeit a little confused, get the hell out of here. My wife is calling the police. He takes a moment to let this information sink in, lowers his glasses, revealing his eyes as black as obsidian, and says, no, you won't be calling anybody. At that moment, I force the door, door closed, I lock it, I call out to my wife. She's scared shitless hiding in the bathroom, all jacked up on adrenaline. I rip the curtains back to look out the window next to the door. He's gone. Absolutely no trace of him. I go out to the patio, check the gate. 
It's still latched from the inside. That was fucked up. I think to myself, and as I turned to enter the house, I noticed a half-eaten apple laying on the ground. What? Yeah. No. Yeah. So I've got a couple really good ones here. I don't want to, I mean, they're long. So I'm going to find the next best one. Now, one of them, I'm going to read two more. So one of them is a survivor story, which those are very, very few and far between. So I'm walking up my flight of steps to get to my apartment and I hear these kids laughing and then I hear whispering. It was kind of late, so I thought this was weird, but I ignored it and walked into my apartment. I live on the third floor. I was getting ready to open my balcony door. It was really muggy in my apartment. I walked... I don't like where this is going. (laughs) You shouldn't. (laughs) I walk over to the door and pull my blinds, and two kids are fucking staring back at me. No, see, I knew that was going to happen. I screamed and backed away, smashing my leg into the table. They were both in blue jeans... And the oldest, he was taller, had on a green shirt with white stripes, and the younger had on a button-up light shirt. So that kind of takes away the all-dressed-in-black thing. Um, The oldest one touched the sliding door. (gasps) He said, hey, miss, can you let us in? How fucking terrifying. No. I know. Coda would be losing her absolute mind. Oh, yeah. Oh, God, Trixie, could you imagine? Um, the The younger one just kept looking around. Um, she, she just kept staring at them. And finally, um, I was able, she was able to say, how did you get on my balcony? Yeah. <laughs> balcony. <laughs> I walked to the door and noticed how excited the older one got as he moved closer to the entrance. Can you let us in? I wasn't thinking. I unlocked the door. And when I looked up, their eyes, you guys, their eyes were black. The entire eye. I quick locked the door and told him I had to call the police because my door was jammed and I could, good thinking, girl. No kidding. (laughs) So I called the police and the oldest boy pleaded with me the entire time to let him in. The police arrived about an hour ago. They came in. They walked to the balcony. And when they opened my balcony door, nothing was there. They looked down and saw two children. They were running in the parking lot away from the building. I'm getting goosebumps, and I've already read this. The police took a report and said they had to have had help getting up there and that they would question the neighbors. I'm freaking out. I'm crying. I don't want to stay here. But then again, I don't feel safe going outside right now. And that was by Cutie PA2T. I don't know what that means. It seems awful trendy for me. Aren't these things terrifying? They're terrifying, and I don't want to look up a picture of them. Oh, but you should. But, however, side note, if you guys are listening and you have Instagram, um, our fantastic producer, DJ Jimmy, goes through on Instagram and puts up stories with like visual aids for every episode with time stamps and all that stuff. So if you're also saying, like, I wonder what a Draco Rex looks like, or I wonder what Black Eyed Children look like, head over to our Instagram. Sorry, continue. No, that's fine. And he keeps them in the Whatchamajiggers calls. It's the stories, but it's Archives. highlighted. Highlight story? In the highlights, yeah. So if you're catching up on older episodes and you still want to look at that kind of stuff, it's all up there. So I have the survival story. Um, and it starts, it's by Psychotic Landshark. Psychotic Landshark. I got it. 
psych, psycho to anyway. Um, I helped them once. Never, ever, under any circumstance, do it. I'm not sure what they do, but it feels as if they are ripping your soul out. They get really close to you, and you get amazingly drowsy. If it weren't for my girlfriend showing up mid, quote-unquote, invasion and kicking them out, I probably would be dead. I didn't even see the black eyes until I had let them in. They're getting smarter. Oh, that wasn't Psychotic Landshark. I have two survivor stories. Okay. <laughs> that was by Pyrick Lancaster. So Psychotic Landshark says, so a month ago, my friend was taking me... Well, I'm sorry. Start over. So a month ago, my friend was talking to me about these creepy-ass kids that were hanging around his house. He seemed scared, like he was about to shit his pants, and he doesn't scare easily. I love the way these guys write on wherever they're writing these things. It's so like real life. He said he always wanted to use, they always wanted to use his phone and wanted to come in, but he always said no. A week ago, he told me he was going to let them in, and I really didn't even think twice about it, but he's been missing ever since. What? I've gone over to his house, but it's empty. His cell phone number isn't going through. Does anyone know what happened to him? 70 question marks. I've heard about black-eyed kids just now, and I don't know what they do. Is he alive? Please help. I'm seriously freaked the fuck out. Psychotic land shark. Whoa. So. I don't like these things. They're terrifying. That's I why I wanted to know more about them. I want to know if they're real or fake. or So if they're real, what, what, are they? what do the two of you think they are? I mean, your choices are like alien hybrids, vampires, demons. But that's the thing. Like, I'm with you. What category do these little terrors fall in? Yeah. They're not cryptids. They're not. But are they? I don't know. What if they're like shapeshifters? That's a thought as well, is that they're shapeshifters. Those things. (laughs) She's on her first can of rosé. Like three sips in. I should probably (laughs) drink more. But they're terrifying. They're terrifying. And I hate people anyway. And I and I hate kids that aren't mine. Not true, but sometimes. But I I don't want to trust any child now no. for sure. No, but also if a little kid came up and was like, Can I come in? First off, honestly, even if it didn't have black eyes, I'd be like, No. Well, some of there was another story that I apparently forgot to put in here. It was like Halloween night and two kids came up and they're like can we use your phone to call our mom? Oh. And seriously, though, I would have been like, oh, sure. And then you're missing. Yeah, exactly. That's wild. Yeah. Super crazy. I can't believe you hadn't heard of them. Never heard of that. Are they like in, a, Have are all those stories in different areas? And yeah. Different, just like. Everywhere. Whoa. I mean, I think all the, of these are stateside, but hey, if anybody's in the UK or Canada or anywhere, drop us a line. Let us know if you've had an experience or a friend's had an experience with the Black Eyed Kids because I kind of want to know more about it. I would love to know more. Especially a reliable source because I'm teetering. I know. Is this made up? Is, you know. I know. Taco. Big taco. Big taco. Or, you know. Psychotic sci- land shark. Psycho. Tick. <laughs> land shark. God, I'm such an idiot. That's very cool. Mine, so my story, it um, apparently has this huge history that I 
knew nothing about. I've never heard of it, but it's a haunted object. Okay. So you probably know what it is. But it's one of the most haunted objects in the world. What? I've got to know about it then. It's called The Hands Resist Him. No. Perfect. <laughs> you get so excited. I know, right? I watch Especially way with haunted objects TV. because you just like, that's your shit. Oh, and I've just been to Zach Bangin's Haunted Museum. Uh-huh. I thought I've seen them all. Um, no, it's not like a doll or a tribal artifact like Katsika. Yep, she's sitting behind you. You better say it right. <laughs> well, I'll try not to insult her. Um, but it's actually a painting that an artist, Bill Stonem, Stonem, painted in 1974, resembling a photo of himself at age five. However, what Bill Stonem painted is a sinister piece that has been associated with three deaths since its creation. In the year 2000, the painting was was first put up for sale on eBay. The painting received massive amounts of publicity and traffic early on because of the title, The Hands Resist Him, and the publisher claimed that the painting was haunted. Ooh. So the eBay, the eBay seller claimed that they found a painting in an abandoned uh, brewery and began noticing strange occurrences from then on out. At first glance, the painting is definitely eerie to look at. So not even knowing that it's haunted, if you look at it, it looks a little creepy. Well. So, so the painting is a, is a child with a depressed look as he stands next to a doll with hollow eyes. The doll in itself is fucking creepy. But what makes it more scary is that in the, um, they're like standing up in front of like a window or like double doors with glass, and it's like a very black. So imagine them like standing in front of two doors with like glass panes. Okay. That and it's all black inside, but you see like hands pressed up against the glass, or like floating hands, or some sort of hands. <laughs> Any kind of hands. Right. There's hands. A uh, <laughs> lot of questions. Yeah. Um. So, strange events plagued the family that bought the painting um, after they brought it home. Okay. Not long after having it, the youngest daughter reported the figures moving by themselves in the painting. What? Look at my legs. I have oh. goosebumps. <laughs> Where can I buy this painting like, for you, Clayton? Yes, she was a young child, but what made it more eerie was how she described it changing. The young girl said that, um, she said that the children in the painting would become very violent with each other. And the doll would threaten the boy with the object that she holds in her hands. And it, oh, so she'd hear them talking too? Yes, it would turn into like oh, a Harry Potter oh. painting. So in an attempt to show um, that the painting was not haunted or supernatural in any way, the parents set up a motion-activated camera in front of it. Okay. And they soon realized the girl wasn't so crazy. So What? The camera doesn't catch them like biting or anything that she said. But the battery that the doll has in its hands, um, the longer you look at it, it kind of looks more like a gun. And what? the colors of the painting change. And yeah, the seller highlighted, um, the seller of the painting highlighted the beliefs that the painting was cursed. And listen at what, this is like the eBay description. Okay. Warning, do not bid on this painting if you are susceptible to stress-related disease or if you are, in principle, faint of heart or are unfamiliar with supernatural events. Oh, By shit. bidding on this painting, you agree to, um, to release the owners of all liability in relation to the sale or any events happening after the sale that might be contributed to this painting. The painting may not, uh, may not possess supernatural powers that could impact or change your life. 
However, by bidding, you agree to exclusively bid on the value of the artwork with disregard to the uh, last two photos in the auction, da da da, um, and hold owners armless in regard to them and their impact expressed or implied. So they're saying like, some shit's gonna happen. Yeah, not our fault. And and you, we told you, so there's nothing you right. can do about it. So covering their asses. <laughs> right, and they included it with good reason. So in the early '70s, Bill Stonham put this painting in an art gallery. Okay. Not long after it was put on display, the art critic who studied this painting mysteriously died. What? Yeah. Not only this, um, not only did he die, but the owner of the art gallery also died. It's like, Two is that pe- coincidence? Oh, my God. Um, John Marley, he's a famous actor in the 70s. He was in Godfather. Um, he, had, he actually purchased this painting. Oh. Um, he reported strange occurrences during the night leading up to his death in 1984. Yeah. From he there, died too. Yep. So from there, the painting was lost. After he died and like Probably all ended up stuff, in some storage unit somewhere. Or maybe an abandoned brewery. Oh. So the hands resist him. It's one of the most haunted paintings in the world. Well, the phenomenon experience isn't groundbreaking or any like it, you know, it's still... Weird. So right. since the painting has been on display at the Perception Gallery in Grand Rapids, Michigan, many people have reported strange occurrences when coming into contact with it, from splitting headaches to thoughts of suicide, violence, and strange coincidences. Uh, many have been affected by the painting in some way. And so it's not just that the art's bad, that, you know, it's causing the, these feelings. <laughs> right. It's okay. like, oh, it's terrible. <laughs> no. That's scary. Yeah. Where in Michigan? Grand Rapids. Oh wow! Uh, yes. Oh, I've not seen. But get that closer. Before. Do you see the hands in the, the in the hands? glass, in the black? Oh my god! <gasps> Wait, Ew, does the doll the does the doll have all black eyes? It's a black eye child. Black eyed kid. Kid. Oh my gosh! It is a black eye. Wow. I d- honestly, the second I looked at it, I got goosebumps. And yeah. it's not a hideous painting well, <laughs> or a really good painting either. No, but I read a lot of articles where it's like people who are really interested in the story, they'll look at it and like study it and get like cramps in their stomach or it's just, it's weird. I don't wow. know. That's nuts. Would yeah. you ever purchase a haunted painting? No. <laughs> Well, you got a birthday coming up. I'm just putting that out there. <laughs> and we're going to keep this shit at your house. No. I just cleansed my house of all the spells and all the bad shit. Well, then that's let's a, keep the painting in Michigan. That's a crazy story. So is it in? Is it just on display or is it? are they trying to sell it? Uh, I don't know. It just said that it's on display at Perception Gallery. I wonder if they'd Rapids. let us investigate it. Oh, I don't yeah. know that I want to, though. Not if we're gonna die. Yeah, I th- maybe it's just if you own it, you die. No, the art critic who just like he That's studied true. it, and then the gallery owner, he died. Yeah. How is everybody else not dying though? I don't know. Maybe it maybe it just picks out certain people. It just does well, not listen, it's probably about our time. So well, yeah, let's not go. Actually, speaking of haunted stuff, I noticed on Twitter this week Zach Bagans bought another haunted piece for his haunted museum it's gretchen the doll he bought it off ebay i wish i had his money um the it causes the owners to experience her the the owner people who buy it will experience her crying loudly moving by herself 
causing pictures pictures to fall off the wall. She was made in the 20s in England. Zach Baggins should buy that painting. He should. There you go. Zach, Michigan. He would, that. He, if he knew about it, he would own it. You're so right. Yeah. I envy his collection. But he's got a place to put it. It's not like in his house. Right. Yeah. Let's open a museum so we can buy shit oh, like gee. that. Anyways, keep going. <laughs> that was a great story, though. Were you, were you done or did I just interrupt nope, you? No, I'm done. Okay. That's awesome. Yeah. How'd you come across it? Just... Well, I was like, I haven't done an object in a while because I did, um, what's his name? The doll? The, Robert. Like, Robert. Robert the that doll. That was our Very first, first episode. episode. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I was like, I really haven't done uh, an object since. No, you haven't. So I was like, haunted object, Google search. No, it's And I it came it. up number one. And I was like. And I've never seen it before. Over Annabelle and the Dybbuk box and all this shit. Huh. And I was like. The hands resist him. What, what is, is that? Is a story? A book? Like, yeah. Yeah. No, it's the name of the painting. I love it. That was actually really cool. And I love how you're trying so hard to surprise me with something I've not. Well, it's hard of. when all you do is like listen to other podcasts and read stories and I watch know. Mysteries at the Museum. It's my favorite jam, Mysteries at the Museum. Not going to lie. So we have, as you. If you've been following us on any form of social, something really exciting. We do. I'll let you go from here. So I've known, actually, this is kind of all coming full circle that we're going to Horror Hound today. And I met Norman at Horror Hound X amount of years ago because I can't remember because I'm old and numbers are hard. And Norman is, I mean, my kids called him Uncle Norman when they were younger. He literally is the cool older brother I always wanted and never had. And I was honestly a little nervous to ask him to record this interview we're about to play. But we've we've had paranormal in common for so long. And how long has he been talking about, oh I want to go gosh. on a ghost hunt with you guys. I want to go on a ghost hunt. He's wanted to investigate hunt. forever. Yeah. And it will happen eventually. It will. But um, I reached out. I'm, I said, hey, Clayton and I have this podcast. Do you have a paranormal stories like I'll call you tomorrow when the baby's napping so here's that interview yeah totally um I had I had a weird thing happen to me when I was in Prague doing Blade 2 um, oh and it was kind of spooky and and I got advice from the camera crew and it was uh they and it kind of worked their advice worked oh nice what yeah happened? okay so you know, I, the first couple of days I stayed in a hotel when I was in Prague. We, we were there for six months. It was my first first time to Prague, and and uh, there was a real estate lady that was working with the production on getting me an apartment. So she finds an apartment. It's about you know the fourth day of shooting, and I was shooting late, so I had the keys, and the driver took me to the apartment, and I get there, and there's this old old building. And it's maybe like four in the morning when I get there, okay. and and it has, uh, and it's right on top of the Moldau, right on top of the river, facing it. And I get into this building, and there's this old, old elevator. There's like this sort of fenced-in elevator in the middle of the building. And so I hit the buttons, and it creeps up to the top floor, and and I get there, and I I can, and this was a crazy old building. It it had like huge, like five foot gargoyles around the patio. Oh. 
Yeah, overlooking it the river. Very Norman. <laughs> it was cool as shit. I won't lie. Um, but it. Uh, so, you know, I finally get up there, and the way that the 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 room was set up, the apartment. There's another little apartment attached to these little stairs that go over to the left that also overlook the river. But the main part of the apartment, it's it's goes in a circle. Oh, like kind of a square actually, and the bedrooms to the far right. Uh, the kitchen is way ahead of me, blah, blah, blah. But you walk in this square, and, and at every corner of the square was these really intricate stained glass doors. Oh, wow. Yeah, metal and stained glass doors. And so I go in there, you know, really late at night, and I'm kind of looking around the apartment, and there's no drafts or anything in this building, or at least okay. in this part of the apartment. No windows were open, anything. And I... And I'm kind of sitting there, kind of checking it all out. And there's, you know, big chairs, intricate sort of medieval chairs everywhere and stuff. Um, As I walk through the apartment, every corner of those squares where the glass doors are, they slam behind me as I'm walking. So I take about five steps, boom, the one right behind me and shatters. No, get out. Oh, it gets better. Then... (laughs) Then I go to the second corner, and I'm going around, and there's the kitchen that side. Boom! The door slams behind me. All four of those doors slam shut behind me, right? Oh, my God. And I'm freaking out. And I just, I got into bed, this big bed, and the realtor's number was right next to the bed. Mm-hmm. So, it's you know, it's like 5, 6 o'clock in the morning, and I'm sitting there with a blanket up over my nose, like <laughs> just with my eyes wide open, like, where the hell am I? And, and, uh, I find, you know, I wake up the next morning and, and, uh, I call the number. The first thing I do before I even get out of bed, I reach over, I call the number and I said, whose apartment was this? And she goes, she goes, oh, what happened? (laughs) Right. And she tells me that there's, you know, stories that happened in this apartment and that the apartment belonged to a guy named Bertrand Smetana and S-M-E. T-A-N-A, and Bertrand was like, he was like the Mozart of the Czech Republic, and he used to play on a harpsichord, you know? Oh, wow. Those ting-tingy-ting-ting-tingy-ting pianos, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he, and I looked him up, and he was like, he was like heavy metal on a harpsichord. It was like the most intense, like heavy music. And the story was that he would sit in his apartment, compose music, and look out over the Moldau, over the river, and there was a tower on the other side directly across from him, and his wife was in that tower. It was a hospital for syphilis patients. And he would write music and look at the tower where his wife was, where she died of syphilis, and... He would compose these crazy, this crazy stuff. So our DP on that movie, uh, oh, he passed away, but he was like a really well-known DP. He um, he told me what I needed to do was I needed to put out a little glass of whiskey and acknowledge that it's his apartment and that he would eventually leave me alone. So what I did was I did that. I made a little offering, and then I started playing his music all the time in the apartment. And it went away, but it oh, was wow. it was the craziest night, uh, and I could just feel something was in that apartment. It was just it was heavy, whatever. Yeah, it was. 
yeah. The next week of shooting, it just kind of died down. But I, I not only played his music, I actually really I liked it. I, like I was getting into it. Yeah, it was really it was cool. Um, but he kind of let me alone. I kind of made peace with it, I guess. But That's it was a great it was story. Crazy, right? You should look yeah. him up. Virtually. I will. Yeah. Totally. Well, I appreciate you telling us your creepy stories. Is is that like the most prominent one, or like the only one you've ever had? Um, I, it's. I mean, I guess I've had like little things here and there, but yeah. uh, like when I was a kid, I used to uh, have dreams that I was uh, flying over the neighborhood, you know, and I would like at night and stuff, and zip, you know, zipping in and out of telephone wires and stuff, and. And I, I had before, like, you know, gone to a neighbor and I was like, oh, I had this, I had this dream that you were sitting out there playing with your bike last night. And she was like, I was playing with my bike last night. And then I, you know, oh, so like little yeah. things like that when I was a kid. And my mom would tell me that, yeah, that was me, like, floating around in my, in my dream state and stuff like, like that. Like astral projection or whatever it's called, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. But I could, like, you know, feel myself, I could feel the tension of, like, pulling up and pulling to the left. And, you know, I'd wake wow. up and like, I could feel it, you know, in my neck. But uh, yeah, little stuff like that. But maybe like a little thing here and there. But that's that's definitely the 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 biggest one. Whoa! Right. I know. So I intentionally didn't listen to it so that I could like be genuine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, this is the brand new news. <laughs> <laughs> but um, you know what the the moral of this story Norman is telling us? What's that? We need to bring alcohol on all investigations. Oh, hell. To offer it up. To the spirits, and I, I think, you know, it, it, any angry spirits will take care of him. But the love story of this guy writing this music, longingly looking where his wife, oh, it's a beautiful story. It is. And seriously, you don't know how much this means to a storm and that you got on here, you did this, and uh, we look forward to a lot more years of... Oh, God, yes. Working together. <laughs> You're not stopping yet, mister. Remember, we're going to be 90 years old with canes doing this photo op shit but seriously thank you so much i was so nervous to ask you i didn't want to put you out but i love having you on the show and we will go ghost hunting but if there is uh if there's anyone out there that you guys maybe know of that has a ghost story um tweet us um send us an instagram message or anything like that um and we'd love to try to get a hold of them and see if we can Get them on the show. Yes, absolutely. And we've got more people lined up to get interviews with, and I'm super excited for you guys to hear ah, all of that. I know. That. I'm so excited. So excited. You know what we need to do, though? What? Go get ready for tonight. We do. It's Okay. Everybody, please come so we're not staring at nobody. Head over to oddityfiles.com. We've got new merch, podcast t-shirts. We Pretty do. stoked about that. Um, rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes. Check us out on social at Oddity Files. We have a Facebook fan group. We have a Facebook group. And if you're Oddity Files. Sorry. You're good. If you're listening after today, we're sorry you didn't come. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you we're missed just kind out. of stoked. Can you tell? You missed out. <laughs> yeah. But thanks guys for if you are coming out, thanks guys for being there. And we really appreciate it. And we love you. We adore you. Send us your paranormal story stories at Oddity Files Crew at gmail.com and don't forget weird is the new cool sometimes always <laughs>